Good morning, Ocean View, and Ocean View Online, you too. It is June. We've been looking at a series of unrelated topics. So we started with water. Uh, We're talking about baptism, and we are having a baptism service coming up July 16th. I got reprimanded when I said June 16th. It's July, not June, July 16th. So if there's any others who are interested in baptism, please talk to Jen or myself, and we can actually get that going. Last week, Pastor Scott was here. He brought the message, I am undone, uh, looking at Isaiah 6. And today is Father's Day, so we're going to start out with a video clip. Now, this is an old TV ad, so uh, just uh, enjoy. I'm good. Be honest here, man. Ah, fuck it. I'm good. My bad. I'm good. I'm the man! I'm good. Ready? No! Men can take anything. I'm good. Except the taste of Diet Cola. Until now, Pepsi Max, the first Diet Cola for men. This is good. <laughs> uh, today, I'm good. <laughs> the warrior. It's Father's Day, and this message is dedicated to the men today. And guys, uh, one of the first things we want to acknowledge is that people do have a problem with the term warrior. Uh, we think of soldiers, wars, aggression. Now, we kind of think Jesus wouldn't do that. Uh, We think of a little safe guy, meek and mild, gentle, carrying a lamb on his shoulders, giving candy to kids, long blonde hair, blue-eyed Jesus, gentle guy, safe in every way. Well, yes, he was full of more love than you could ever imagine, yet he is also the greatest warrior you have whoever lived. You look at the Old Testament metaphors of God. They're powerful words. Uh, as was read this morning from Psalm 144, things like God is your fortress. He is your shelter, your hiding place. He is your shield, your redeemer, your rock, your savior, your salvation. He is a consuming fire. Yet, the warrior is a metaphor that people don't often relate to our God. But look at Exodus chapter 15. Let's read it together. The Lord is a warrior. The Lord is his name. Let's read it like we mean it. The Lord is a warrior. The Lord is his name. Jesus is God in the flesh, and although he is full of love, although he is full of grace, he is also a fierce warrior. Jesus said this of himself in Matthew 10, 34, Do not suppose I have come to bring peace to the earth. I did not come to bring peace but a sword. He came with the heart of a warrior. The temple had been turned into a den of thieves. The court of the Gentiles, which was the outside court was meant for other nations to come and worship God. However, it had been changed into a marketplace, a place of profit. Jesus came in and he turned over the tables. He made a whip and drove them out with a heart of a warrior. When he was teaching in the Nazareth synagogue, 
the hometown people got kind of mad at him for some of the things he said, so this mob decided to kill Jesus by driving him to the edge of a cliff and pushing him over. But the Bible says he turned. When he did, the crowd parted. Why? I can only imagine what they saw, you know, the look in his eyes, like, you don't want none of this. Jesus was a carpenter, a tecton, a tradesman. And maybe he wore his sleeveless tunic that day. And those muscles just stood out. And maybe there was a great big angel behind him. Whatever it was, the crowd parted. They moved. Jesus is the greatest warrior who ever lived. He shed his blood on the cross. He entered into a spiritual battle that we may never understand. A battle against every force of wickedness. The Son of God took on death, hell, sin, and the grave. And Jesus won the most important battle in the history of the world. He defeated the forces of darkness. The stone rolled away. He walked out risen, King of King and Lord of Lords. We are told in the book of Revelation that when King Jesus returns again, he will not come riding in on a little donkey. When he comes again, he's on a white horse and he is fierce. John prophesied of the return of Jesus, Revelation 19, 11, I saw heaven standing open and there before me a white horse whose rider is called Faithful and True. With justice he judges and wages war. His eyes are like blazing fire on his head or many crowns. He's dressed in a robe dipped in blood and his name is the Word of God. Coming out of his mouth, is a sharp sword with which to strike down the nations. He will rule them with an iron scepter. He treads the winepress of the fury of the wrath of God Almighty. On his robe and on his thigh he has this name written, King of Kings and Lord of Lords. He's called the King of Kings and Lord of Lords, Christ the Lord. He is risen. You got it. He is soon returning, conquering king and a warrior who wins every battle that he fights. Now, I don't know about you, but when a guy who was raised from the dead comes back on a white horse with a robe dipped in blood and a sword coming out of his mouth, I want to be on that warrior's team. <laughs> Jesus was full of mercy, full of compassion, but he was also the greatest warrior who ever lived. Jesus, Messiah, is the ultimate warrior. So this morning, gentlemen, this message is devoted to you because God has created you with a heart of a warrior. You see there, and I, I know I have to actually qualify this because that's old. And young people, I say, have you seen Lord of the Rings? And they go, no. I go, you poor, poor soul. Aragorn, Lord of the Rings. Now, some ladies do complain. We want to be warriors too. And yes, you can be warrior princesses, Lord of the Rings, Eowyn of the Rider Mark, a shield maiden of Rohan. One of the most moving scenes in the whole trilogy is when Eowyn takes out the Lord of the Nazgul, whom no man can kill, and she says, but I'm a woman, <laughs> and he's done. Yeah. So very clearly, some of the fiercest warriors I know are female warriors. You want to see someone with faith pushing back the powers of darkness. When they pray, the devil flees and heavens open up. 
You want to see anyone who's got some fight in them? Do not under any circumstances mess with a mama bear. So ladies, I celebrate you as warriors as well. However, I'm going to talk a little more specifically to the men because I believe there's a lot of confusion in today's culture on what it means to be a man. Are we supposed to be powerful? Are we supposed to be gentle? Are we supposed to be strong? Are we supposed to be weak? I pray that God would build you up and show you who you, he wants you to become. So if God would do a search of our churches today looking for godly men, I think he would kind of go, there are simply not enough. And that's been a problem throughout the years in the Old Testament. If you were to look at Ezekiel 22, verse 30, it says this, I looked for a man, God is speaking, and he says to Ezekiel, I looked for a man among them who would build up the wall and stand before me in the gap on behalf of the land so I would not have to destroy it, but I found none. I was looking for some men of integrity, someone who'd be willing to stand up and work and sacrifice, men of courage, men who would fight, but I looked and found none. Are there those types of men in churches today? Yes, there are. But how many will he find? The man of God is so much more than just a nice guy. And for so long, we're told, we've told men what they are not instead of who they are. <clears throat> you are a warrior. You are created with something that God put inside of you. You have something for which you desire to fight. So, would you change in your Bibles that word, none, just cross out the N. Now what does it say? I looked for a man among them who would build up a wall and stand before me in the gap on behalf of the land, so I would not have to destroy it, but I found one. I will be the one. Every warrior has a cause to fight for. A warrior recognizes a cause outside of himself, something for which he is willing to risk his life. There is a godly desire to fight for that which is righteous and true and pure. Interesting, John Wimber says, you know, when you come to Jesus Christ, when you are converted, a Christian really should go through three conversions. First, he is converted to Jesus Christ. But second, he is converted to Jesus' church. And thirdly, he is converted to Jesus' cause. Every warrior has a cause to fight for. Nehemiah had a cause to fight for in the Old Testament. The walls of the city of Jerusalem were broken down. The people of God were vulnerable. And Nehemiah saw a serious need. And what he said was, somebody should do something about this. And he rallied the other men. And watch how he inspires them. Nehemiah 4.14 says, Don't be afraid of them. Remember the Lord who is great and awesome and fight for your brothers, your sons and your daughters, your wives and your homes. And the man said, Absolutely, there is something about a man that loves to fight for a cause outside of himself. I'll fight for the broken. I'll fight for my families. I'll fight for my comrades. If you uh, remember some of the warrior movies of the past, maybe you remember some of these. You know, you get your sword out. Uh, Gladiator and uh, Russell Crowe was the general Maximus in the Gladiator movie 2000. He says, what we do in life echoes 
into eternity. And then who can forget Mel Gibson? William Wallace, Braveheart, 1995. I fight and you may die. Run and you'll live at least a while. And dying in your beds many years from now, would you be willing to trade all the days from this day to that for one chance, just one chance, to come back here and tell our enemies that they may take our lives, but they'll never take our freedom? Yeah. <laughs> uh, he said it, not me. Gerald Butler was King Leonidas in 300, 2006. Battle of Thermopylae. About not being intimidated, taking a stand. And in 480 BC, the state of war existed between Persia and Greece. And at the Battle of Thermopylae, the Leonidas had only 300 men, Spartans, who stood off a massive Persian army. And uh, this one point in the, in the movie, he says, this is Sparta. Yeah, apparently it took 75 takes to actually get to that point. <laughs> and even the producer said, this is really corny, but it is good. So they put it in. I remember in uh, elementary school, I did a report on Thermopylae, and our house team were the Spartans. This is Sparta. Now, those are stirring moments, and you kind of go, you know, if I was there, I would fight. We were created with a heart of a warrior, a desire to fight for a cause that's bigger than ourselves. You know, when you go to a warrior movie and you walk out, you're looking at me funny. You want some of this? You kind of get that feeling uh, that, you know, the warrior, it kind of draws to you. However, until you find the cause for which you're willing to die, you will never truly live. You get bored. Craving something more than just living for the things of this world. Until you find a cause for which you are willing to die, you never truly feel alive. Every warrior has a cause to fight for. Now there is a second foundational thought. A warrior without a cause to fight for will find the wrong thing to fight against. A warrior without a cause to fight for will find the wrong thing to fight against. That's what struggles many men have. We're just too good at this, men. Without the right cause to fight for, we get bored and we fight against the wrong things. So if we're not fighting for the right cause, we tend to fight against the wrong things. Some of you have been fighting against authority your whole life. Nobody's going to tell me what to do. You stay out of my life. I got this. Some of you are fighting against your wife, or you're fighting against God, or you're fighting against boredom. You're fighting against the very people who are trying to help you the most. Sometimes a man can be rebellious in a very self-destructive way, hurting the people that he's been called to love the most. He self-destructs and he takes those around him with him. Some warriors throw away their marriage in a moment of boredom. One stupid, lustful desire, and they self-destruct. You'll see guys who hurt the people who are trying to help them because a warrior without the right cause becomes destructive. Saul of Tarsus, in the New Testament, didn't understand the cause of Christ. 
So he hurt the most important cause because he was a warrior without the right cause. In Acts, it says Saul began to destroy the church. Going from house to house, he dragged off men and women and put them in prison. He killed innocent believers because he was a warrior without the right cause. Now, people might say, back off the warrior talk, okay? Guys are already dangerous enough. And chances are very good that the reason you feel this hesitancy is because you've been hurt by a man's strength gone bad. Now, that is a strength that God gave a man, and it can be used for great good. Sadly, it can also be used for great evil as well. What happened? Somewhere along the way, you had a kingdom to advance, and you get distracted. You're called to more than sitting on a sofa. You are called to more than being great at golf. You're being called to more than having a nice car and a nice house. You are created for more than that. Don't get distracted. The problem is a distracted warrior is always a destructive warrior. So God gave you the heart of a warrior and you have a heart and a cause to fight for. Yet without a divine cause from heaven, you will fight the wrong battles over and over and over again. So warriors, name your cause. What is your divine cause right now, warrior? Maybe it's a habit you need to break. Maybe it's a relationship you need to attempt to mend. Maybe it's a debt that you need to eliminate. Maybe it's a discipline that you need to start. Maybe it's a temptation that you continue to give into, and it's time, with the help of Jesus, to conquer. Some of you, it better be your marriage. Maybe it's not what God intended it to be. The enemy is attacking you. Some of you, your cause is your children. Some of you, your cause will be financial freedom. Now, it's a lie that more, more material things brings happiness. However, if you are strapped financially, it means there will be hardly anything financially for the kingdom of God. Some of you living down the line as a recipient of generational curses. Your father was addicted to lust. His father was addicted to lust. Great-grandfather had an affair. They continue to pass on this generational curse. And you are a warrior and you say, enough is enough. My sons and my daughters will not receive this. I am a warrior with the help of Christ who will defeat this enemy. Your cause, what is it? Now, you may, your cause may change over time. There will be a different cause in the seasons of your life. The 18-year-old warrior, young man of God, will have one cause. The 37-year-old warrior has a different cause. 54-year-old warrior, he'll have a slightly different cause. And those 82-year-old warrior, man of God, seasoned veteran, will have a different cause. The church of Jesus Christ is the hope of the world. Name your cause. Something bigger than you, something outside of you. Christianity is not a playground. It is a battleground. And we battle not against flesh and blood, but against powers and principalities of this dark world. So you need to understand the weapons that are available to you. The helmet of salvation, the shield of faith, the breastplate of righteousness, the belt of truth, 
the sword of the Spirit, the Word of God. Feet prepared with the readiness of the gospel of peace. That ability you have to pray in the Spirit, that same Spirit that raised Christ from the dead will live inside of you. So name your cause, warriors. Without one, you'll be fighting the wrong battles every single time. And you will self-destruct to hurt those around you. Gentlemen, it's time to fight. And there are two ways that we fight. Two ways the warrior fights. The first one is sometimes you throw a punch. In Ecclesiastes, it says there is a time for war and a time for peace. Time for peace, time to fight. I remember my son, Stephen, was in grade five and uh, at a new school, and someone was picking on his sister in grade three, and he stood up for her and uh, got in trouble. He didn't get in trouble when he got home. Sometimes you throw a punch. A guy deep within craves the right to stand up and fight for that which is true. Don't act like an uneducated brute. When it's time to fight the right spiritual battle, you fight. You become a spiritual warrior and you fight. It's heaven and hell kind of stuff. You have a spiritual enemy who hates you. He's coming after everyone you love and it's time to fight. Sometimes the greatest way a warrior fights is on his knees. As a man of God in prayer. And some of you are going to fight like this. You have permission to fight like a man of God. And it may be time to throw a punch. But then there is another way that we fight. Sometimes we turn a cheek. Jesus was willing to throw a punch, but at other times he turned a cheek. In the Garden of Gethsemane, Roman soldiers came to arrest him. Peter drew out his sword and swung for a soldier's head and clipped the ear. Peter, sheath your sword. Now's not the time. Our weapon today is not the sword, but our weapon today is love. Jesus fought the fiercest battle by turning his cheek. He let them beat him. They, blinded they blindfolded him. They beat him. They cruelly whipped him. He didn't even look like a man, and then they hung him on a cross. He could have called legions of angels, yet he fought the fiercest battle in love. Father, forgive them, for they don't know what they're doing. Sometimes that's the way you fight. You will forgive those who hurt you. You will absorb the pain like a man. Other times you're going to be humble and repent of your sins, your lack of leadership, your lack of godliness, your lack of integrity, and you will say to those around you, will you please forgive me? You see, gentlemen, sometimes you turn a cheek and sometimes you turn a table. When the stone in front of the tomb rolled away, Jesus was alive. The disciples didn't believe it. He, he can't be back. Yet they were given the opportunity to touch him. They were able to eat with him. They spent time with him. And then they watched as he ascended to heaven. Of those 12 warriors, the apostle John died of old age. And Judas took his own life. But the rest died for the cause of Christ. They died the death of a martyr. They saw him. 
They knew he was alive. They had a warrior's cause. This is a cause for which I was created to give my life. Today you will surrender your life to the very same cause. Because he is risen, this is the only cause for which I am worthy to give my life. The greatest cause on planet Earth is because the tomb is empty. It's not a game. Christianity is not a playground. It's a battleground. Not something you do on the weekends. It is your life. Jesus is not only your Savior. He is your King. He is your Commander-in-Chief. Ocean Community Church, may you be a church full of warriors. Warriors born with the Spirit of God, willing to give your lives for the cause of Christ. Anything else is selling yourself short. You are a warrior created to make a difference on this planet.